Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds podcast and Happy New Year 2021. If, like me, you had some time off during the last couple of weeks, I hope that you enjoyed it and managed to recharge your batteries. This is episode number 211, entitled It's Important to Get Your Grammar Right and Pro Writing Aid Will Help With That. It was published on Thursday the 7th of January 2021. We are WP Builds, a WordPress-specific podcast network, and we'd be very happy if you headed over to wpbuilds.com to see what you can see over there. We've got heaps of WordPress-related content. Perhaps the best way to keep in touch with what we do is to go to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe and fill out the forms. In that way, we will be able to email you and keep you abreast of anything that we create. There's also links on there to our YouTube channel and our very friendly Facebook group. So that's wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. Whilst you're there, have a look at some of the links in the main menu, perhaps the deals link if you're interested in deals in the WordPress space. We've got a whole ton of them over there. And if you're interested in advertising on the WP Builds podcast and getting your message out to a WordPress specific audience, well, click on the advertise link, a little bit like AB Split Tested. Do you want to set up your A-B split tests in record time? Like in a couple of minutes, use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is that it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder and the WordPress block editor. You can check it out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. Okie dokie. What have we got in store for you this week? Well, this is a really interesting off-piste episode because it's not entirely related to WordPress. It is Chris Banks talking to me about a tool, a SaaS tool that he's created called Pro Writing Aid. Now, this is going to be for anybody who struggles in any way with writing content because this tool is a remarkable one-size-fits-all tool to help you with your grammar, your punctuation, your spelling, your style, and a whole lot more. On the podcast, Chris tells us why he developed this tool and also what it can do for you. Now, you may be interested to know as well that Chris has very kindly offered us 20% off Pro Writing Aid. And in order to avail yourself of that, you can click on the link in the show notes and be taken to a landing page specifically for WP Builds listeners. It's one of those tools that no matter how hard I try to explain to you how good it is and how many options there are, you're going to really have to go and take a look at this for yourself because it really does try to tackle a whole cornucopia of different things related to writing. So if you are writing and you feel that any aspect of it could be improved, I would highly recommend listening to today's podcast, hear what Chris has got to say. And like I say, click on the link in the show notes if you're interested and you can get 20% off pro writing aid. I hope that you enjoy the podcast. Hello there. Welcome to the WP Builds podcast once more. Thanks for joining us today. We're going completely off piece today. We're having a real tangent moment because we're not really talking about WordPress, although we will. We'll delve into WordPress aspects in today's subject. But I'm joined today by Chris Banks from Pro Writing Aid. Hello, Chris. 
Hi, Nathan. How are you doing? Yep, very good, thanks. Now, before before we get into this, I'm going to very quickly describe what ProWritingAid is, and then I'm going to get Chris to correct my errors, because that's what it's all about. ProWritingAid is a tool. I like that, by the way. I think that was... <laughs> <laughs> ProWritingAid is a tool to assist you to improve your writing. So come at it from a grammar point of view, or a punctuation point of view, or a spelling point of view, or just a style point of view. ProWritingAid enables you to retrospectively go back and improve the writing that you've already done. So how did I do? Yeah, I think that's a pretty good summary. I mean, we look at it as kind of uh, an AI-powered writing coach. Um, so the idea is it's there to, to help you as you're writing. It's there to remind you of all those things that you learned in school but then forgot. Uh, it's there to remind you of all those things that you read in books about writing but then not being able to apply to your own writing easily. Um, and I think that's the perfect thing, right? Is It's giving you help and learning advice on your own writing, which is exactly what you need. It's interesting that you said um, that, you know, things that you'd forgotten at school. I, unfortunately, was uh, educated in the era in Great Britain where grammar was supposed to be delivered, I guess, by osmosis. You were supposed to sort of <laughs> imbibe the knowledge of grammar all by yourself. I I'm not joking when I say that. I, I really do feel that grammar was kind of off the off the menu for quite a number of years. Um, and so I had to kind of relearn grammar when I became, uh, when I well, when I wished to do some writing because it kept, became painfully obvious that those people around me were doing things and I honestly didn't know what I was doing. But um, how does it work? I mean, what I mean by that is what, what are we looking at? So it's obviously based upon a computer and a screen. Perhaps mobile devices can be thrown into the mix as well. I'm not sure. What's the process look like um, on your computer? What do you do? So I think the key thing is we try and fit into wherever you're writing. So we have plugins for things like Microsoft Word, we have a desktop app, um, but most importantly for, for your listeners probably is that we have a Chrome extension, Safari, Firefox, and Edge, which just plugs into your browser uh, and then will give you help and information wherever you're writing. So if you're writing a, a blog post in WordPress, um, then you'll start to see highlights appearing and that will correct grammar mistakes. They'll give you style suggestions as well, which I think is really important. So those are the kind of the typical suggestions that a copy editor would make just to, to trim down your writing and make it a little bit more punchy. Um, so we convert sort of uh, what we call uh, things like um, hidden verbs. So that's where you've taken a verb and turned it into a noun and then used a weak verb. So a good example is make a decision instead of decide or make an announcement instead of announce. Um, so we just convert those automatically for you effectively and say, you know, it's better to use this phrase. Um, so people tend to, to say it's like having a kind of friendly figure looking over their shoulder, prodding them saying, ah, oh, you can approve this. Uh, what about this? Um, so that's how it works. And, and wherever you're writing, it kind of follows you around. So I think that's the important thing as well about learning and improving is it's having that constant feedback. Mm. Um, so a lot of people you know, have it in their email and they say, oh, I never even thought about changing that. Um, but it, as you use it, you then start to improve wherever you're writing. Yeah, I think that's a really good way of describing it. In, in my case, it alerted me to the fact that I'm basically verbose. I 
choose too many words and I'm not, not economic with what I write. So, you know, very often it'll highlight the fact that, well, you just don't need this. You don't need this or this. And, and, and I cross them out and it reads perfectly well after the fact. So that's yeah, really well, nice. I, yeah. think, I think everybody is because if you think about the communication you do, the majority for most people is verbal. So you're talking, right? And in talking, you have this time constraint while your brain catches up with what you're saying. So often you add in extra words to give yourself more time to think. Um, and so then when you create these patterns that allow you to, to more time, so when you start writing, you start doing exactly the same thing subconsciously. So you add in all of this extra words or all of these extra words that you don't need. Um, and that's what we're doing is trying to say, actually, you, you know, you don't need all this stuff. When you're communicating in, in the written way, you can cut it all out and it becomes much easier for your your reader to, to read it, much faster for them to read it and easier for them to understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, what's interesting from my perspective is that I literally don't see it. I do not see the errors that I've made when I've read it back until I switch it on, and then it becomes blindingly obvious what mm. which words I've overused. And it's it's things, just the repetition of it is extraordinary. And despite the fact that your tool <laughs> constantly alerts me to the fact that I'm doing it, I still manage to do it. So it's great. The, the, the UI is such, and let's come at it from a WordPress point of view, and then we can maybe touch on the UI of other things. If you are lucky enough to be using WordPress and you have uh, Gutenberg switched on, there's a really nice, probably somewhat accidental feature um, that ProWritingAid makes use of. And that is to say that each time you hit return on your keyboard, you, you begin a new block. And you'll be familiar with this if you've edited anything in Gutenberg. You write a sentence or two sentences, whatever, hit return, and you're into a new block. And ProWritingAid works via the Chrome extension on a block by block block basis. That is to say, if you've written three sentences in one block, you get this handy little icon which pops up bottom right of the block that you're in. Um, and it, it may show a, a sort of different color indicating the severity of things that need to be changed and what have you. And you, you simply click on that and it will alert you to various things. Alternatively, you can just look out for kind of things that are underlined in various different colors. So, for example, there might be things underlined in blue or yellow, and they will be indicative of certain things that need to be changed, be it grammar or spelling or what have you. Do you want to just talk us through that process? What, what do we see as we're actually editing it? You know, what are the what are the cues that you've provided for us to to enable us to sort of quickly go through things? Sure. So I think broadly speaking, we have two different kinds of keys. So we have what we call the real-time checking, which are the underlines that you see as you're typing. Um, so what we've done there is we've taken the kind of core suggestions, the, the most important things, uh, and we've made them available to you as you're typing. Um, obviously, you can turn that off as well if, if you don't want to be distracted while you're writing. Um, but for shorter-form things, people often like to, to accept those just as they're going through. Um, and then we have a, a whole range of tools that allow you to go deeper into your writing. So if you're writing uh, what we call like a higher value piece, so something that you're going to spend a lot more time improving, um, then if you click on the icon in the bottom right, then it brings up our full editor, uh, and that allows you to run a lot more analyses that look at other things. For instance, uh, we'll check your work for repeated words, um, we'll give you feedback on the, on the structure, 
Uh, you can see readability measures for it all. Um, and there's a range of other uh, reports that will really help you go in more depth into your writing. So again, you know, if you just want quick fixes, then you have the real time. And if you want to go more in depth, then you have this whole um, other editor that you can use for that. Yeah, and I confess, I am not a consumer of any of the, you know, your competitors. What you provide is what I have seen. But I have to say, it is astonishing. So as as it has just been mentioned, Chris said that if you click on the icon, you get this, well, pop-up, let's call it that. And it, it looks a bit like a, a, a Google Doc or a Word document kind of editor. And it, it, it places the text that you're currently trying to edit in, in a page, let's say. And then the the range of things that you can amend. Good grief! I mean, there's just too many to mention. There are, well, let's go through them because I believe that some of these are of interest to me largely because I don't understand what they are. Um, so, what is style? What is there's an icon labelled style? What what does that mean? What indication am I going to get from that? So the the style is uh, some of the the things that I said about like the changes made by copy editors. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also look at a range of other things. So the, the style, a lot of it is really pertinent to people who are writing creatively. Um, so I think that's another important thing to make is uh, important distinction to make is that some of our reports are very much aimed at specific types of writers. Uh, so we have ones that are really designed for creative writers who are writing novels. We've got others that are, are very much used by content writers uh, business writers uh, and academic writers as well. Um, so some of the things in the side won't be relevant to to everybody, um, but others will. Um, and it looks for things like adverbs. So I think that's uh, one that comes up a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a, a famous Stephen King quote about the, the road to hell being paved with adverbs. <laughs> uh, but this is, I think, this is a good illustration of my point about when you're writing, uh, the first thing you're doing is just trying to get your ideas down on the page. Um, and then the second part is to go back over those words and make sure that you're using the best words. Um, so when you're doing the first page, you just it's fine to put down you know, the first thing that pops into your head, as long as it's conveying your idea. Uh, and that second phase is where you go down and you go back and strengthen what you've written. Mm. And I think adverbs are a good example of of this because what happens is you you generally put down like a very common verb like uh run right and then you think actually i want to change the meaning slightly add a little bit of subtlety to it so you say okay actually ran quickly mm-hmm. right so you put, put that down but actually if you go back to it you can think well actually there's lots of better verbs that i could be using that right. mean exactly the same as run quickly you know like rushed hurried charged canoned um are all synonyms of that Mm -hmm. Um, and they you know create a a better image in your reader's mind than ran quickly like ran quickly just leaves you a bit kind of the yes (laughs) you know and we do this all the time every everybody does it uh but it's it's interesting to to look at the number of adverbs that are used by you know published authors is very low um because they they do tend to strengthen their verbs. 
That's really interesting. Just just as an aside on that, in terms of style, you know, you, you purchase 50 different novels by 50 different authors and they've all got a different style. You know, some of them might be mm -hmm. very um, economic with their use of language. Others might be very prosaic or what have you. D d is there any element of AI learning? You know, does it does it kind of figure out your style along the way? Perhaps that's a little too um, too far advanced. I don't know. Well, I think it's interesting because... I think one one of the the worries that some people have before they start using it is that, that it will take away their voice mm. and it will kind of make everything generic. Um, and I think that you know it's fair enough to think, but we we don't do that, right? We're creating a, a positive feedback loop with you that's asking questions, but at the end of the day, it's you that's producing the writing. Um, so regardless of, of whatever your style is, most people don't have a style which uses lots of adverbs um, because it's not good for the reader, right? Mm. Most people don't, have, you know, even if you say that they're prosaic, right? Generally, they'll still have a very high readability. It's just they're using different vocabulary that, that gives that impression of a more prosaic style. Mm. Um, so there are still, underlying all of these different styles, there are you know, basic rules of writing that will make the, your writing easy to read and impactful. Yes, I can see why that might be a, a, a cause of concern for somebody who is, you know, writing is their living, for an example. You know, they don't wish to have their finely tuned, hard worked on voice squashed over the years. But nevertheless, it's like anything else. We do have do have rules that need to be obeyed. It's it's I guess if you're Jack Kerouac, you can kind of throw that all in the dustbin. But um, you know, if you're somebody else writing a blog or what have you, you need to be mm. readable and understandable. So okay, so that's yeah, what style I think Sorry. We, the the interesting thing is though that, you know, Jack Kerouac, everybody who is a successful writer gets feedback on their writing and changes their writing based on that feedback. So that might be a tool like ProWritingAid, or it might be beta readers who are reading through what they've written and, and pointing out you know, issues with it. Um, so I always think that, you know, like even top level sportsmen have coaches. Yes. Right. The best performing people in the world. One of the reasons why they're the best performing people in the world is because they get feedback and they act on that feedback. Mm. Yeah, it's a good point. And it, and it is such a gentle little nudge, um, despite the fact that I said I seem to be able to completely ignore it. <laughs> but then we move on. We've got other options here. It takes care of grammar. I don't feel that we need to dwell on that too much. You know, um, it covers, I guess, the basics. It spots your apostrophes, full stops and exclamation marks and so on and so forth. Uh, yeah, exactly. So we, we check for hundreds of different grammar mistakes. Um, and I think it, it varies between, you know, as you say, uh, people who haven't been taught grammar. So, for instance, you know, haven't been taught when to you need commas and when you don't. Um, for for me, one of the main problems that I have is that I am a terrible typer, right? So I you know, will type form when I mean to type from, um, and because they're both valid words, most spell checkers won't pick that up. Um, but what we do is we look at the context surrounding the word uh, and then we do what we call contextual spelling um, so that we say, you know, this is the wrong word to be using in this uh, circumstance. And it's very easy to do for anybody, right? It's easy to type like violet when you mean like violent video games. Yes. Suddenly you're like, oh, I really don't want my children 
he's watching or he's like playing violent video games. <laughs> Which has a very, very kind of a very bizarre meaning, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Anything with a sort of slightly purplish colour is verboten. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. The the voodoo behind all of this, though, you know, the actual. Can we get onto that a little bit later? Because you just sort of glibly yeah, of said we, uh, you know, we we check the context before and after. I mean, like that's easy for uh, for somebody to just program ever so fast. We'll come on to that because I'm really fascinated by the tech stack going on here. But um, then there's across moving across the menu item. There's a thesaurus, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to provide uh, alternative words for the one that you've used. Interesting one, and this is where I fall foul: overused words. Um, I just I tend to 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 just deploy the same word over and over again. So that's a nice one. Um, I'm guessing it's literally looking for overused words in the passage itself, not overused words that it's worked out that you generally tend to use. Well, uh, what it actually does is, is it looks at phrases and words that ah. inexperienced writers tend to overuse at um, the end of the day <laughs> yeah exactly um but so and a good example might be uh, the verb uh, be um often you people overuse that when they should be using stronger verbs you can imagine you using like uh, the verb be or like is or was in every sentence um, then it, it creates really sort of boring, monotonous writing. Mm. Um, lots of people also like to start sentences with ing verbs. You know, so like uh, taking this into account and seeing as blah blah blah. Uh, and suddenly you've got a piece that's filled with you know forty percent of your sentences start in this way. And again, it, it creates this this bad feeling in, for your readers. Um, so what we try and do is we we benchmark it against uh, published writing in your particular genre and we say okay if you've overused this right we can tell because you've gotten x percent above what what is accepted or generally used in published writing that's fascinating that really is quite astonishing yeah, interesting stuff and then next door to that i have literally no conception of what this menu means but i'm going to say it it says combo oh yeah so that's the the advanced one <laughs> that's so, why I us, don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's because uh, so obviously there's quite a few reports. I think we've got around 20 different reports, um, and people like to not have to go through all 20, but generally people will have their favourites. Uh, so the combo allows you to combine your favourite reports into one, uh, so that you can just run it individually. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I am. It's just me, and uh, I just tend to edit it on the fly, as I've described. So I never tend to sort of dig into the reports. Okay, then we've got uh, repeats, where it will um, highlight things that you have repeated. And again, I'm going to illustrate my ignorance of the the software. There's this thing called echoes. I I can imagine what that might be, but tell us what that is. So echoes is similar to repeats, but what it does is it it looks for repeats within a certain period of time also with a certain number of words and um, so this creates what we call an echo in the reader's mind so you know if you've used a phrase at the like you said at the end of the day and then you've used that same phrase two sentences later then it creates a, a horrific echo in your reader's mind and it really detracts from your writing hmm. and it's it's one of those things it's so hard for you as an individual to spot that you've done that 
because the phrase is kind of activated in your brain already because you've been writing it. Mm. Whereas the reader, you know, that phrase becomes activated when they read the first sentence and it's sort of still activated a sentence later and then you, they read it again and they're suddenly like, oh, hang on a second, I just read that. Yes. Um, so it's, it's a, a great example of what computers can do very easily, but humans really struggle to do. Yeah, interesting, because I, I see that in email all the time. I tend to consume fairly, well, I think probably head, heavily editorialized, <laughs> if that's a word, um, content, you know, newspapers and f- novels and what have you. And presumably somebody has inspected that, but doesn't seem to repeat too often in those in those instances. But in email, I get a lot of this. And you can tell that they've got certain tropes that they like to throw out. And you're right, it kind of it creates a, well, that's a bit lazy feeling. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. And then we've got structure. Um, length, I presume we can all understand what that means, trying to get gauge some kind of, uh, you know, ideal length for certain things. What What's the just the generic structure button do? Is that so, just paragraphs and headings and whatnot? Yeah, well, so this is actually looking at the, the structure of your sentences. Um, ah, so okay. it, it, it has two main functions, the first of which is to to look at, you're writing and say, okay, have you, and again, it, it, it benchmarks you against published writing. So it will say you know, you've overused this type of construction in your sentence. So that might be you know, starting sentences with like and and but, or it might be starting sentences with ing words, like we said, with seeing and speaking and talking. Um, and it also, on the on the flip side of that, shows you where you haven't used certain structures at all. So as you say, right, you, you have tend to have these kind of structures that you fall back on all of the time. But if you're only using two or three different sentence structures, then it's not adding much variety to your writing. Mm-hmm. So if you're scoring zero on a specific type of sentence structure, then that's a good hint that you might want to start using that okay um so it kind of is there to prompt you to say well why don't you try writing some sentences that that start like this okay now there are a whole bunch of other menus and i think we probably could spend the entire rest of the podcast talking about them i'll just very quickly say what they are there are there's readability sticky cliches which i think is really interesting diction uh, pronoun alliteration homonym consistency acronym uh, dialogue pacing house and i think fascinatingly if you're obviously taking content from other people and publishing online plagiarism um which is interesting maybe we could dwell on that one how do you how do you gauge whether something is plagiarized or not are you are you sort of polling into google or something uh yes yeah, so it's effectively doing something similar to to google search but obviously across your whole content um, say you know, the equivalent of doing thousands of Google searches hmm. uh, to find out if your writing is plagiarized. And we also have uh, you know, a database of books as well um, that you might not find on Google um, that we, we go through as well. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's in, it, incredibly impressive the amount of things that it's done. I'm genuinely flabbergasted in fact by what it's capable of doing i presume that the the ai that uh, that's behind all of this is something you know that that's you, you kept you awake at night but before that i was wondering why on earth did you decide to spend probably a significant proportion of your life 
on this topic? You know, why why grammar and punctuation and writing? What, is this is this something you're deeply interested in? Are you a are you a writer yourself? No, it came I came about because I needed it for myself. So you know, I think like you at, at school, I didn't get much uh, feedback on my writing uh, at university neither and i think the interesting thing about university is that the writing you do in university is very different to the writing you do in the real world mm. um and you, you know you're writing to to show knowledge at university your your tutors know, already know what you're going to say so your, your f your aim therefore is to to sound intelligent whereas <laughs> yeah. you know when you then go into the real world then actually your your aim is to transfer knowledge. Mm. Your readers don't know what you're going to say, uh, and the the aim is to to make them understand as easily as possible. Uh, and that's a completely different way of writing. So I was lucky uh, when I left university and went into business that I had some mentors who spent a long time helping me to improve my writing. Um, so. That was great. And then I worked, I wrote uh, research, um, and I thought, oh, I'm a fairly good writer, brilliant. Um, but then I started writing a novel, and I suddenly realized that actually writing a novel is completely different to writing research as well. Um, so I needed something that was going to give me the same feedback that I'd had from my mentors at, at work, um, but about creative writing. Hmm. Uh, and obviously I read lots of books about creative writing uh, and kind of absorbed some of that. Um, but it's very hard to apply that to your own writing. Uh, it's kind of very abstract. And uh, so I created this tool effectively to help me become a better creative writer. Um, and so that's where we started was was in the creative writing community. Um, but since then, we've kind of expanded and obviously applied the things that I learned uh, as a business writer um, we've expanded to, into content and also university writing as well. Yeah, yeah. It, it strikes me that when when we're at school, we're all learning to write poetry and um, stories, and so you going back to when you're very young. And I remember somebody ask, asking me the question: How many how many poets does the nation need? Um, <laughs> you know, do we really all need to be churning out children who are great at poetry, or do we need to? to coach them into how to write, as you described, effective transference of knowledge. So it's really interesting. The, the the one thing that kind of baffles me is that this tool, up to a certain point, it must have been useless. And what I mean by that, oh, sorry, that came out as very rude. There must have been um, a certain point at which it was basically of, of no use. You had to build up the technology to, to a certain maturity. Otherwise, it would suggest things which were banal and pointless and what have you and so how how and how long did it take to sort of coach the algorithm to get the software to the point where you thought actually you know what inexperienced people can now use this and, and get fruitful information from it uh, well it was actually surprisingly quick to do the, the first version because we really focused on uh, the things that are easy for computers to do so for instance the repeats report um, all it's doing is going through text and looking at for repeated sequences of words. So that's actually quite easy to do. Okay. Um, you know, the sentence length, again, you know, it's easy to count the number of words in sentences. Um, and things like the readability is fairly easy to do. So we started with a, a, a sort of much diminished 
set of reports, uh, but that was still actually quite useful for people. Um, and I think, you know, for instance, the sentence length is quite interesting because it gives you a graph of all your sentence lengths. Uh, and that visualization gives you a different way of looking at your writing. Suddenly you can see where you've used you know, four really long sentences all in a row, or you can see where you've used a lot of sentences that are about the same length mm. that creates this kind of monotony in your writing again, which would be really hard to do in any other way. Mm. Uh, so those visualizations are quite useful immediately. So yeah, I mean, there is a lot of functionality in there, um, but it has be just been built up over time. And, and my thing is just to kind of iterate, learn, you know, uh, yeah. as you're going, and, and eventually, you know, we've been doing this now for for six years. So, mm. it, I mean, it's incredibly mature, even at the point when I began using it two two or more years ago. Um, amazing you know i was really bold bold over and as i said I'd, I'd never come into contact with a with a tool that purported to do this and uh just the flicking of us well it's in my case logging into the account and then turning on the chrome extension suddenly there's a world of oh crisis you know oh dear. <laughs> it's, it's not to be not to be demoralized it's more of a and that's the thing it, it's not actually doing the the amendments for you it's just making suggestions maybe there is a an option in there i don't know where it will forcefully override what you've done and say nope this is right i don't know but um in my case it's just hinting that um i'm an absolute disastrous writer <laughs> yeah and I, but i think the the key thing we're trying to do is bring learning resources to where you're writing so that you can learn as you're doing it and so we've been adding to all of the suggestions uh help that gives you kind of extensive examples of, of what the good and bad usage is um we have quizzes built in there uh, you can watch videos that will help you as well because a lot of people relate better to video content um so as you're going along, you can learn about the mistakes that you're you're making, and hopefully, you know, through that combination of, of reading and watching and doing, uh, you will then improve. And that's one of the the main feedbacks that we get from people is that it's helping them improve as they're they're working. Mm. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? That there's just no. There's no situation in my life where anybody's ever going to be stood over my shoulder. Because, well, it's, I don't have the resources for somebody to stand over my shoulder and hang on a minute, like you did at school. You know, your teacher sort of hollers yeah. and points things out and underlines things. It's just uh, it's like a remote teacher in a way, just sort of sitting, hovering and giving you giving you information. And surprisingly quickly as well. That, that's the other thing. It, this is not a wait for three minutes and or press a button. This stuff is happening in real time. So as you type the sentences that you're halfway through, it, it's beginning to make judgments upon upon what you're writing. It's absolutely fascinating. If you haven't tried it, really go and check it out. There is a, a free version, I understand. English only at the moment? At the moment, yes. Mm. Any plans to go elsewhere? You know, I mean I'm presuming, you know, the the Latin alphabet would be the first way to go. You know, steer clear of uh, Arabic and so on, just for reasons of expediency, perhaps. Yeah, I think Spanish will be our next, um, especially because I live in Spain as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that would be happy coincidence. Uh, yeah, that would be great. That's interesting. So the, the the languages that I can see available are British, English. These are all English. So mm -hmm. British, US, Australian, Canadian. Sizable differences between those? Is it is it my imagination or is it just spelling? It feels like only spelling, but perhaps not. 
there's spelling and there's phrases ah. as well. Um, so a lot of words are used in different contexts um, depending on, on where you you live. Oh yes, um, I always yes. get horrifically confused because I was educated in American schools and then moved back to the UK, and so now I really have no idea what is what. Yes, yes, uh, the word pants comes to mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always a always yeah. a winner that one. <laughs> and then you've got general English. What is this? Some sort of hybrid of all of them. Yeah, yeah, that's basically just uh, we don't flag you up anything. Okay, I, I think I'm on general English. I might have to might have to change that. Um, and then we've got this writing style option. I, I should say that I'm in the settings area. This is fascinating because I swear I didn't even know this existed, and so this is interesting. So you've got the the style of writing, and the the categories are general, academic, business, technical, creative, casual, web, and script. Um, Again, sizable changes. If I if I was to go for web over academic, for example, mm-hmm. would there be a, a real difference to be noted? So the, the main difference is, uh, as I mentioned before, we we benchmark against published writing in those areas. Uh, so, for instance, with the web, we've taken you know a selection of, of great articles from all over the web, uh, and we use those for our benchmarks. Um, so. And you'll also see some rules that change as well. So, for instance, with creative writing, people tend to use sentence fragments, so that sentences that aren't actually a full sentence, but they use it for you know, stylistic reasons. Uh, so we allow those in creative, but we wouldn't allow them in, for instance, business and technical right. and academic. Yeah. Um, so you'll see changes in the, in the feedback and the, the numbers that you're trying to target. Um, a good example might be academic writing, um, the use of the passive voice is is much more acceptable and sometimes completely unavoidable. Mm. So we allow much more passive voice in academic writing than we would suggest is ideal in creative writing, for instance. Interesting. Um, okay, now onto something a, a little bit more mundane and technical. The so I'm I'm typing away on my computer um, and it's it's giving me suggestions now. The the sort of tinfoil hat comes out at this point and I start to think, hmm. Okay, so it's reading what I'm writing, but what I'm writing is highly personal and of a of a of a, of a nature that I would hate for this to be uh, discovered. You know, I'm, I'm writing something <laughs> tremendously important. I am, in fact, a spy. Um, how how does it do this? Where's this? Where's the data flowing to? Is it all done on the device itself? Does it go off to your servers and get you know fiddled with and then pushed back? How does it? How does it all work? I think what I'm saying is, how secure is this? Yeah, I think that's a good good question, and I think it's a, a valid concern for a lot of people. Um, so we take privacy very, very seriously, um, and we you know, have regular uh, security checks uh, by outside companies. Um, we obviously have lots of business clients for whom it, it's very, very important, um, and so we have contracts with them around security. Um, so we will never access your data. It's all transferred uh encrypted and we never keep it or store it or use it for anything else um, whereas I know that some other companies that do grammar checking definitely do that and have that in their, their privacy policy that they can basically use your writing for whatever they want um, so it's important to check that hmm. um, but yeah so we are sending your text uh, to our servers uh, and then we run a variety of, of machine learning algorithms on it um, to give back the suggestions, um, and then immediately it's, it's deleted uh, as soon as we've finished giving the suggestions. 
Oh, okay. So once once that document, for example, is so, okay. So once the underlining has been done, if you like, and the the decisions have been made by the by your software, then it just yeah. expunges that permanently, and then what kind of writes over that portion of the disk or just deletes it. Yeah, well, it's all done just in memory. Okay. Um, so we we don't store it on the on the disk or in any kind of um, lasting way. Okay. Oh, that is good. And I think that's that's really important for us. Um, and we do have, you know, we have authors who are like, oh, I don't want you stealing my writing. Yes. Um, but if you just think of the logistics of it as well, it would be impossible for us because, you know, we're processing literally billions of words every day. Wow. So for, for anybody to be even able to read a small portion of that to check for something that's good writing that they might be able to take would be, uh, logistically impossible as well. Yeah, um, the, the I watch quite a lot of on, online tutorials, obviously in the WordPress space, and you know, so you're literally watching other people's screens. Mm. Um, and in my case, it's usually WordPress, and they are typing into Gutenberg and what have you. And it's, it's really fascinating to me the proportion of people who are deploying this technology uh, over time. You know, go back five or six years, as you say you were just on your own and then these tools came about yours being one of them mm -hmm. and now i see those little icons hovering and people you know they obviously don't make use of it on the on the screencast that they're recording but my point being that this feels like an area of of growth so i'm i'm questioning you about that is is your business um is it growing if for example at the end of this podcast people were saying do you know what that sounds like a fabulous tool do you do you have confidence that you'll be around in 5 6 10 years and what have you yeah, I mean, we're growing uh, at a really fast rate, and I think people are coming to accept this more. And I think it's, well, it is the way that learning is going as well. It's the future of learning at work is getting this feedback. Now, as you say, right, you can't afford to have somebody sat on your shoulder mm. uh, who's helping you with everything. Um, but companies can afford to have you know one person who's creating a style guide for them uh, that they then put into pre-writing aid and then effectively every member of their team has somebody sat on their shoulder making sure that they're adhering to their company style guide, for instance. Mm. Right. And it's an investment in, in your team and your people. Because I think, you know, if you're running a team uh, that's sending out emails or re producing reports, as a manager, you actually find yourself spending an awful lot of time just correcting simple writing mistakes. Right. So if, if you deploy something like this for your, your team, then you save yourself a huge amount of time that then you can do and you can use for important things. Um, mm -hmm. And we get that the same feedback from, from people in, in businesses, from uh, cheap, like um, academics, professors. You know, I was talking to a professor the other day who was like, you know, I'm a professor of physics and English isn't my first language. But I just spend all of my time correcting grammar mistakes and wow. not actually giving any feedback on the content, you know, the grief. physics side of it. Yeah, and it's, you know, which is the kind of feedback that you want, right? You want feedback on the content of what you've written, not the grammar. Um, but sometimes there's so many grammar mistakes that that's all that you can focus on. Right. The 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 waste of that man's or woman's brain power is is just like just hideous, isn't it? You know, it's got got better things to be doing than fussing about grammar. Really, it's the content. Oh, that's that's really interesting. Do you have any reach into sort of education? Because it feels like 
I certainly at the, the the schools that my children are involved with, there seems to be a push towards um, putting computers in front of children more and more, especially for writing tasks and what have you. And obviously, at the moment, we're in this kind of lockdown period. Well, we're not. We kind of are. We're in the middle of the summer holiday, actually. So mm. who knows where that's going to go? But <laughs> online learning has become a thing. And, um, and I wondered if schools on the whole were kind of adopting this kind of technology as well to assist the teaching. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of schools now are using uh, Google Classroom right. and yeah. Google Docs for a lot of their writing. And, you know, tools like ours plug straight into that and give feedback that you just wouldn't be able to give, you know, as an individual teacher to a large class. Mm. Right. And I think like contextual spelling ones are quite interesting. Um so, for instance, like where you have the word rain as in like the reign of a king or oh, yeah. rain as in reins of a horse, right? People confuse those all the time. They're spelt differently. They're pronounced the same in English. Um, we'll highlight that and then we'll give the students or whoever the user an article that explains the difference. We try and give you, you know, little tricks for remembering the difference as well. Oh, nice. Um, I think that's really important. Yeah. So there's there's education materials in this as well. It's not just the, you know, the, the the UI showing you your mistakes that you've messed up so far. There's also sort of education. Yeah. How exactly. does that work? Videos, text documents, or yeah. So on every uh, every time you have a highlight, there's a little information icon, and you click on that, and it pops up a, a window that gives you an article with videos, uh, quizzes, um, and and lots of useful um, learning materials. Hmm. That's amazing. I mean, it's, it's a fully fledged tool for just basically picking you up off your, um, off your terrible grammar mistakes and um, you know plunking you into into decent ground. Um, how how expensive is this? What what are your sort of pricing models? Do you have kind of multiple tiers? Let's say I'm in a an agency of fifteen people. D- does it reduce in in cost if I buy more than one license and so on? Yeah, it does. So we have a, a Teams version, um, which allows you to put all, all of your team in uh, and then you get a bulk discount on that. Um, but also importantly, it allows you to share things within that team. Uh, so for instance, uh, as I mentioned, you can create a style guide. Uh, you know, So for, for instance, uh, lots of companies have specific rules about words that you should and you shouldn't use. Um, you know, how the company name is spelled, for instance, um, so you know, with pro writing aid, we, we say, you know, you should never put spaces between the pro writing and aid. Um, uh, so same with WordPress. Can, yes. yes. Yeah. So you can create a rule that you know, finds pro and writing and aid with spaces and changes it back to having no spaces. <laughs> we and have a, that's we have a function in WordPress called WordPress, dang it, which uh, it just automatically corrects it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted. No, that's, but that's exactly it, Ryan. So that, that is incredibly important for for teams to have that you know i think historically companies have spent a lot of money creating these style guides that they then want everybody to adhere to you know they print them out everyone's supposed to read them but actually but they just get put into the bottom drawer of your desk and then gather dust for the next 10 years Mm. whereas what what we allow people to do is create a living and breathing style guide um, that then applies it as you're writing. So you're constantly reminded that, you know, for instance, some people say you should never say like clients, you should always say customers or. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. The, the, um, 
the pricing that I can see on the screen is in pounds. Uh, obviously, that's kind of internationalized me to figure out where I am probably. Um, so I, I, I don't mention what the price might be in dollars or US dollars or Canadian dollars or whatever it might be. But there is there is a monthly subscription. There is a yearly subscription, which at the minute is showing as 25% um, per month off, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. And then there's a lifetime deal. Is that lifetime deal planned to stick around or are you thinking you might so we we always have a, a lifetime variant um but it is 25 percent off at the moment yeah okay so that's a limited time deal that i'm seeing yeah right? okay so caveat emptor you may not see that deal when you go to the website but there will be a monthly yearly and lifetime subscription um it's pro uh, no spaces, <laughs> clearly no spaces. It's a URL, uh, but, but, um, but it's all as you would expect, P-R-O-W-R-I-T-I-N-G-A-I-D.com. And yeah, go check it out. Um, anything you want to mention, anything that we missed out, any sort of promo stuff that you want to say, Twitter handles, email addresses, where you can be reached, go for it, Chris. Uh, yeah, well, I just say as well that, yeah, we're all writers at the company and we produce a lot of content ourselves uh, and a lot of free content. So even if you know you don't want to purchase the tool, uh, then on our blog, we have a huge amount of content uh, helping people to improve their writing. Hmm. Uh, we do regular newsletters that have a wide range of articles on improving your writing. Um, and we've recently, during the confinement, started doing uh, twice weekly webinars um, we bring in guest hosts uh, who have, are experts in different topics on writing uh, and give you free training um, so if you go to our website and, and click on the learn button at the top you'll see all of that um, and that's all for free as well yeah i would say that if you are writing yourself this is totally worth it but also if you if you have an agency and you're being commissioned to build websites for other people and, and you feel that there's a there's a chance that they may themselves uh, benefit from this you know they're going to be writing they're intending to be a blogger or what have you um you do have an affiliate program so there may be something in that as well you know if you're handing this over to your clients uh, at the bottom of the page in the about section in the footer you can click on the affiliate section uh, just to say because i don't think we dwelt on it too much there is um the chrome extension which basically will handle anything on the internet it plugs directly into google docs microsoft office scrivener which is a really cool app for writing which i bought with the intention of writing a novel and guess how many words i wrote <laughs> um, and then it will do a whole bunch of other things they've got an api and what have you so really fabulous stuff if you're using a rival maybe Pause that one. Go and have a look. ProWritingAid.com. Thank you, Chris, for your time. That's really appreciated. Yeah, my pleasure. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that. It is a really interesting and powerful tool. So if Chris has made any sense to you today, if you've been beguiled by the things that he said and you're intrigued by what Pro Writing Aid can do for you, be sure to check out the link in the show notes and avail yourself of the 20% offer that he's offering to WP Builds listeners, which is very nice indeed. I use it myself. I switch it on whenever I create Google Docs and I'm generally browsing on the internet with forms to fill out and so on and I find it enormous useful. The depth and breadth of the tool is really, really rather remarkable. The WP Builds podcast is brought to you today by AB Split Test.
Do you want to set up your AB split tests in record time? The new AB split test plugin for WordPress will have you up and running in a couple of minutes. Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part, it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder, and the WordPress block editor. You can get a free demo. Check it out at absplittest.com. Okay, we will be back next Thursday for an episode involving David Wormsley and I. We rotate the episodes. One week we do an interview and the following week David Wormsley and I have a chat about something to do with WordPress. We're going through the A to Z or A to Z of WordPress at the moment and we're still very early in the alphabet so join us for that. Also restarting after the Christmas break I'll be joined by Paul Lacey and some notable WordPress guests for the live This Week in WordPress. That happens every Monday at 2pm UK time. You can find that at wpbuilds.com forward slash live or in our Facebook group that's wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook and then of course we produce the newsletter each Tuesday following on from what we chatted about in the live that I've just mentioned you can subscribe to all of this at wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe okay as is customary I'm going to fade in some cheesy music I hope that you have a lovely week and stay safe and all that remains for me to say is Bye-bye for now.